Well, how is everyone doing today? Welcome to another episode of Pass It to Patrick. I'm your host, Patrick Casty. It's a beautiful Thursday here in Missouri. We got a great weather that's happening right now. Really, it's been in Missouri, it can go from 30 degrees one day to 70 the next. So it's always unpredictable, but it's a beautiful day here. I am glad to be with you guys today and talking to you. We have a lot of great subjects we want to get into. Oh my gosh. We have J.J. Watt on the Cardinals, how he thinks that, you know, he can win a Super Bowl with Kyler Murray. And, you know, I don't think he's wrong. I don't think he's wrong. Um, We got Joe Montana admitting that Tom Brady is the GOAT. We're going to get into that a little bit. We got the NBA to talk about, some storylines there. All-Star Weekend is coming up in a couple days. Very exciting. Very, very exciting. We have who I think will win the MVP. Joel Embiid is playing out of his mind right now. Will he come away with the hardware or will LeBron? I'm going to get into that a little bit and maybe a couple other candidates there. But I want to start out with this because it's an interesting storyline. We are all uh, fascinated with greatness. We're all fascinated with it. Um, we like it in uh, different aspects of our life, whether that be an actor, whether that be um, you know, an NFL player, an NBA player. We are all obsessed with who was the greatest. And it's an interesting topic. And I don't get into it too much on here with regards to LeBron versus MJ. I, I just don't feel the need. They both played in different eras, different times. The game was played differently. It really was. It was played differently. And so when people like to talk about who the greatest is and what the uh, greatest player accomplished, I, I sometimes roll my eyes. But to great players that acknowledge each other, Now, that is something special because they acknowledge greatness, too. Tom Brady, in my opinion, is the GOAT. And Joe Montana just reiterated what everyone has been saying since he won that seventh Super Bowl, since before he won that seventh Super Bowl, really. And even though Montana had an amazing career, the quality that Brady has, think about this. He was taken sixth overall in the draft or, excuse me, in the sixth round, 199th overall pick. Think about that. All those players taken before him, none of them could match up to what Brady did. And he had that chip on his shoulder going into New England that he wanted to be the greatest. And boy, did he uh, did he exceed all the expectations. Went in there, won six Super Bowls with the New England Patriots, and then he turned around, went to Tampa, and won a Super Bowl there as well. What he was able to accomplish in his different MVP seasons has never been done before, and Joe Montana admitted that. You have all these critics that always say Brady cheated, Brady got um, special treatment. Maybe it's time we just start acknowledging that Brady is the GOAT and start enjoying what we're seeing. You know, same with LeBron. Everyone says LeBron flops. Everyone says maybe instead of being critical watch LeBron and enjoy what you see. Enjoy that level of game uh, that he brings to the NBA. Because just like Tom Brady, someday it'll be retired or it'll be gone. And then you'll sit there and reminisce about how good Brady was and, you know, 
you, you trashed him for most of his career, but you need to acknowledge that he was the greatest, and you don't want to be bitter throughout that time period. You don't. You don't want to be bitter, because uh, bitter people uh, are not as happy as people who acknowledge what the truth is about something and learn and grow from there. So Tom Brady is the GOAT. I think Joe Montana was right on the spot to bring that up and, you know, openly admit that. Because so many people, they recognize greatness, but some people shut it down. And that's not, that's not growth. So, you know, Tom Brady came in there. He exceeded all expectations. I'll never forget a quote that I heard that Tom Brady said to Robert Kraft. Uh, he walked up to him. I think it was right after he'd been drafted. I don't know all the specifics, but... I do know he walked right up to him uh, in training camp and said, Hello, Mr. Kraft, you don't know me, but my name is Tom Brady and I'm the best decision this franchise has ever made. And right there, that confidence has carried Brady to seven Super Bowl titles. Never been done before by a quarterback. Just incredible. Incredible. And we all need to enjoy it. We all need to uh, watch the television in front of us, watch that level of gameplay, and enjoy it, and just really take it in, because someday it'll be gone, you know? And you don't want to be sitting there um, thinking, boy, I, you know, I trashed Brady, and you know, I'm so glad he's retired, because the level of gameplay may not be there for a long time. You know, everyone says that these new guys coming up, they're going to exceed Brady, and well, this and this and this and Josh Allen and Mahomes and Murray and, you know, these different guys who are good, but they are not at the level that Brady is. The way he dissects the game, the way he prepares for games, he's turned his brand around, or he's turned his play into his brand, I should say. Uh, TB12 and the money that he has made and the difference he has made is incredible. Uh, to watch. So no doubt do I think that Brady is the GOAT of all time. Um, I won't ever get into the NBA, LeBron versus MJ, because LeBron's story is still being written. But as far as the NFL goes, kudos to Joe Montana for coming out and just stating what, you know, everybody pretty much already knew is that, you know, Tom Brady's the GOAT. And I mean, I don't know if you needed to hear that from Joe Montana because we witnessed it in the uh, in the Super Bowl and throughout his career. So I want to get into this too. Uh, the MVP race for the NBA 2021 season. Uh, the different candidates that people are putting in there um, to win that award, all of them deserve to be on this list. Um, very talented players, each special to their team uh, in different ways. So I want to break down my top uh, candidates to win the MVP this year. And I'm going to just break this down into my top candidates. So, so far, from what I've seen, my number one is Joel Embiid from the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, I know I've stated in a couple previous episodes, I think LeBron James should win it. I think it is going to be close. Him and LeBron James, they are going to be duking it out uh, for that MVP spot. I mean, I, I know people are already gifting it to Joel Embiid. Um, I don't think we should do that just yet. I I think we should see how the season um, keeps moving along after All-Star Weekend. 
and see uh, more of the impact they're making for their teams. But Joel Embiid, I mean, he's averaging 29.6 points per game, 11.2 rebounds a game, 3.1 assists a game, 1.3 blocks a game, and 1.3 steals per game. Those stats are incredible. Now, granted, he has transcended to another level this year, I believe. He has taken his game to that next level. But what he's doing from the free throw line, you know, the 76ers, they, you know, beat the pants off the Mavericks in the paint Thursday. Scoring on them 50-26, Embiid shot 10 or more free throws for the ninth consecutive game. That We love to, um, the MVP is one of those awards where we, it's been so blurred in the past between is it about stats or is it about the productivity of the player? Is it about how much, you know, they mean to their team? The, the different things that the MVP race uh, talks or uh, likes to base their votes on, is it changes every year. Stat-wise, what Joel Embiid is doing right now, he is the MVP. Stat-wise. Now, let's move on to my second, and that is LeBron James uh, for the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, he's going to go. Now, him and Embiid are going to be back and forth. Um, one, two, two, one. Who's going to always have that, you know, upper hand there? So far, LeBron James is averaging 25.6 points per game, 1.8 rebounds per game, 8.0 assists per game, and 1. Uh, point zero steals per game. Those stats are not as, uh, in my opinion, good as Joel, Joel Embiid, but LeBron James means he's in that other factor where I believe Embiid is stat-wise important to his team. I believe LeBron James is um, extra important to his team in different ways. They're both they're both important to their teams in different ways. Is pretty much what I'm saying. LeBron has that veteran presence, you know, that I'm still the GOAT mentality that he has. Um, The Lakers have lost four straight, you know. They have some upcoming uh, opponents I think they can beat in Portland, Golden State, and then Phoenix. Um, You know, despite LeBron scoring a lot um, in that loss to Washington, he... He does something for his team mentally-wise. That's why I have him second on the MVP ballot. And I believe after the All-Star game, and I know a lot of people will say Anthony Davis went out. He isn't the MVP now. Look, they've lost a lot. But what mentally he's doing for the Lakers is very important for some of those young players. And in my opinion, it's Joel Embiid, LeBron James. Those are my two uh, MVP candidates. So that's who I think um, my top two are. Now, number three, Nikola Jokic for the Denver Nuggets. He's averaging 26.9 points per game, 18.9 rebounds per game, 8.4 assists per game, and 1.7 steals per game. So the Nuggets have dropped four of their last six games. But in those games, Jokic is averaging about 27.3 points per game on 53.9 shooting. Um, in 12 February games. And he is hitting 
47.1% on three-pointers and 96.4% from the line. That is huge. When it comes to the line, Nikolai Jokic, with that, that big man, I mean, think about it. Way back, big men didn't do what he's doing right now, you know? They, they'd stand under the basket, get the rebound. These guys can shoot now. Crazy from the line. Crazy. And Nikolai Jokic deserves that number three spot. I don't think he'll get it this year. It will be LeBron or Joel Embiid. These, the MVP race works a little bit like this. It's more of a wave. So early on, these two players, you know, last year it was Giannis. And then it was LeBron. And LeBron started the tweets, um, washed King. He got some momentum going. A few of those comments alluded to the fact he wanted to win MVP. So my point being, the MVP award is like a wave. It starts out small with a couple guys, and then it grows. And the over-arcing perception of the MVP is that those two guys will win it. I mean... The three and four guys, I mean, they can win it, but, you know, Nikolai Jokic would have to take his game past Embiid right now, and I don't see him doing that. He's very important to his team. He's having a great season. He's my number three. In my opinion, Denver Nuggets are a playoff team, and he makes them a playoff team. So my number four is Stephon Curry from the Golden State Warriors. And the Golden State Warriors, God. They're special this year. They're special. And Steph Curry makes them special. He is averaging 30 points per game, 5.5 rebounds per game, 6.3 assists per game, and 1.2 steals per game. This guy was injured last year, and he's come back, and (laughs) he's in the MVP race. Let that sink in. He was injured last year. He didn't even play that much. He comes back and he's in the MVP race. He's Curry's put together like a career best uh, streak of scoring 25 points or more in 13 consecutive games before shooting a season worst one of 11 from deep Wednesday to finish with 24 in Golden State's win against the Indiana Pacers. The Warriors, um, they're one of those teams that's got that grit this year. You know, the last like five years, to be honest, like. The Warriors were on, you know, the top. They they were the team that everybody was after to get. And this last year, you've seen them kind of take that dog mentality, that, you know, down and dirty, let's fight every last drop of it. And you've seen them turn it around. And Curry, you know, is leading the charge. You know, he's averaging 33 point eight points per game in February and shooting 50.2 overall while surrendering 2.6 turnovers per game. In my opinion, I think Curry should be number three ahead of um, Nikolai Jokic. Actually, you know what? I'm going to move him up. I'm going to put Curry as my number three and Nikolai Jokic as my number four. I'm going to switch that around right now because I, I think Curry's number three. Looking at a couple of his stats and breaking it down. What he's doing is pretty incredible. Now, I don't think the Golden State Warriors, you know, they're not going to go far this year. But, you know, I'm going to put him at number three. I really am. I'm going to move him on up. He's my number three. So, 
recap, we got Joel Embiid, number one. Number two is LeBron James. Number three is Steph Curry. Number four is Nikolai Jokic. And then we got our number five, Damian Lillard, Portland Trailblazers. Damian Lillard, stat-wise, is doing incredible. 29.6 points per game, 4.4 rebounds per game, 8.0 assists per game, and 1.0 steals per game. He scored 25 versus Denver. So, the Portland Trailblazers are an interesting team. They have that backcourt that's incredible. They lack a few different things. But overall, Dame Lillard is carrying that team, and I believe he will carry that team to the playoffs this year. They kind of underwhelmed last year in the playoffs, but Dame Lillard is my number five on my power rankings list for the Trailblazers. He's he's doing great things. And, you know, that's my top five. You know, we got Luka Doncic, Donovan Mitchell, Kawhi Leonard, I think Kawhi Leonard's the best get a score, get a stop guy. But I think that's all Kawhi Leonard is. When whenever Kawhi Leonard won with the Raptors, he's like a mercenary. Everyone wanted to bring out that he was, you know, taking over. He's the king now of LA. I I never bought into that. Just because LeBron's consistency um is unmatched. Kawhi, I feel, just isn't on LeBron James's level. And, you know, that's not a bad thing. Kawhi Leonard is still a great player, but LeBron James is just on that next level. Sticking with the NBA, I am one that will admit when I am wrong. I am. I'll, I'll admit when I'm wrong. Um, I've been pretty hard on the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, I, I was pretty adamant they're not going to figure it out. You know, they... <laughs> Um, you know, I thought it was just a trend. It was going to fizzle out, but they have figured it out. They know what they're doing over there in Brooklyn, them three guys. Now, do I think they're going to make the finals this year? We'll, we'll wait and see. I don't think they they will make the finals. I think that consistency games are called different in the playoffs, but I will give them props, and I was wrong <laughs> that they weren't going to figure it out because they're one of the most lethal lethal offensive teams in the NBA right now. Yesterday they beat the Rockets 132 to 114. Now granted the Rockets um they're not on even close to matching the Brooklyn Nets, um, but still, you know, the 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 Nets are right there on the top tier teams. So, I'm wrong, and I have no problem admitting that. Congrats to the Nets and what they're doing. They're going to be a great playoff team. Don't know how far they'll go in the playoffs again, but they're going to be a great playoff team. You know, the NBA, uh, the trade deadline's coming up, and I really thought there'd be some more moves. Um, I guess, you know, I thought Bradley Beal could be moved. I don't I don't know if he's going to be moved now. I don't see him being moved. Uh, P.J. Tucker is a, team, is a player that a lot of teams are looking at. The Los Angeles Lakers, Brooklyn Nets, Milwaukee Bucks, Denver Nuggets, Miami Heat, Houston Rockets, they've all shown interest in trading for the veteran. You know, Houston is reportedly asking for a younger guy, a younger player in return for the 35-year-old. We'll see what happens there. I think he would benefit the Lakers very well, help them uh, maybe take it to that next level. Uh, He's a good defensive player, moves great for his age. 
and he's got that veteran presence that LeBron loves so much. <laughs> uh, but you know what? We'll see what happens with the trade deadline. I figured Bradley Beal would have been moved, uh, but I I don't really see that happening. Uh, but Bradley Beal, if I had to put like MVP up, like we were just talking about, I would put Bradley Beal in the MVP conversation. Yeah, he's his team isn't you know great around him, and they're not winning. But my God, the way the guy's playing is just incredible. It's incredible. <laughs> he's destroying it. Could you imagine him with the Lakers and LeBron? And he's only 27 years old. Guy's still young. Guy can still move great. He shoots amazingly. Now, I want to get into this. The speculation on where Cam Newton will land uh, for the 2021 season. I've narrowed it down to four teams. And these four teams, I believe, uh, benefit Cam and he benefits them. The New England Patriots... Washington football team, Chicago Bears, and Philadelphia Eagles. The Patriots, I want to start out with them. I think the familiarity there with Cam and them, I think that would be huge for him to get back there and get another year. His first season was okay with them. So, you know, he'd get back into that system. He'd, you know, figure it out, I think, a little bit better, him and Bill Belichick. They, they kind of know each other. So I think for his, um, it's the safe bet for him. I'll say the Patriots are the safe bet. The Washington football team, they're a team that could benefit from him because who's their quarterback? Kyle Allen, Tyler Heineke. Um, reports have surfaced that Alex Smith uh, will be released from the team. Been a lot of controversy with him and he, you know, his uh, allegations against the team that he put a halt in uh, their plans. They didn't want him to come back. Um, they didn't want him to play. You know, and honestly, I, I, I'm going to side with the organization on this one. Uh, the guy is amazing for what he did, but one bad hit, he could lose his leg again. So that's another storyline, though. The Washington football team could benefit from Cam. The familiarity there too with Ron Rivera. He knows how to handle Cam. Uh, he knows how to put an offense in place that would benefit him. Very familiar. So those two teams are my top two teams. So number one and number two. Chicago Bears. They're my third team. They didn't get the Carson Wentz uh, trade. That They didn't benefit from that. They, didn't, they were interested in him. They were ready to get him. They didn't get him. Uh, they weren't able to secure Matthew Stafford. They, they struck out uh, QB-wise free agency. Cam Newton, you could get him in there with Matt Nagy and that offense and potentially make a run for it. The Bears made it to the playoffs. Whether we want to admit it or not, they made it to the playoffs. So, I mean, there's something there. And adding Cam Newton uh, would add, you know, maybe that read option, that that next layer to that offense. So the the Chicago Bears are a real possibility for me, at least, at number three. The number four would be Philadelphia Eagles. Very interesting team. The Eagles got rid of Carson Wentz. They kept Jalen Hurts. I think Nate Sudfield's still on the practice squad or team. I don't, I don't know where Nate Sudfield is. It, it doesn't really matter. But he would come on to the Eagles, and it... <laughs> 
he would give Jalen Hurts a run for his money for that number one spot. Um, so I, the Eagles are a potential landing spot. I don't see that happening. I see them. They pick high enough in the draft. If they're going to do something, I see them going after a quarterback. Um, I think they pick sixth. So with that sixth pick, I see them getting a quarterback there. But still a possibility. They may say, hey, Devontae Smith's pretty good. Why don't we just go get Cam, get Devontae Smith, receivers fixed, quarterbacks patched for now, you know, have him compete with Jalen Hurts. Those are my top four teams. Now, Cam Newton's pros and cons, they're... They're very interesting. His pros, true red zone weapon with his legs, can galvanize a locker room, and he's coachable. Those are his three pros. Those are where his game excels, I believe. Now, his three cons are kind of some big ones. Inconsistent as a passer. Accuracy, bigger issue uh, than completion, completion percentage suggests. Won't win you games with his arm. That While those cons are true... And they are pretty serious with the passing ones. I don't expect Cam to win me a lot of games with his arm. There's so many different ways. And he has a great arm. There's so many different ways Cam Newton can win, in my opinion. He can run with his legs. He can jump over huge lines. You know, he can make a pass, too, when you don't expect him to. So those are his pros and cons. Teams will need to weigh that out. Those are my four uh, teams that I believe he will go to. I want to jump to this now. Two years, $28 million for J.J. Watt. He goes to the Arizona Cardinals. He believes they can win a Super Bowl with Kyler Murray. He goes there and says, I'm here because I believe in you. Well, J.J., there's, you have earned the right to have that money in the NFL. 100%. You have earned the right to cash out, go to a warm state, one home, train in the off season. You don't got to worry about having two homes there. You're there, have that home, train with your wife who's also an athlete. You know, congratulations for getting that money. Like, that is, you know, props. As far as winning a Super Bowl, yeah, the, the Arizona Cardinals can do it, but their depth, I don't think they they match up well against the NFL. And personally, I don't think they will win the Super Bowl this year or next year. J.J.'s saying this to boost Kyler Murray's confidence and get as uh, most out of him as he can. That's that veteran presence that J.J. brings. He brings that presence uh, to that team. And that's one of the big reasons the Arizona Cardinals brought him in. Now, there were a lot of different teams interested. The Packers. It was reported that the Browns were interested. I don't put much stock into that. Um, personally, I would have liked to see him go to the Steelers and play with his brothers. But you know what? He The salary cap issues there that they're having, that, that wasn't likely. But kudos to him uh, and the Arizona Cardinals for getting that deal done. Happy for him. Um, we'll see what the Arizona Cardinals do this next season. Uh, New York's Jets GM Joe Douglas open to Sam Darnold offers. Downplays idea of trading for a star player this report that has come out I feel really bad for Sam Darnold (laughs) I really do Sam Darnold has been up and down and we're just talking about different quarterbacks that could land on different teams Uh, please get Sam Darnold out of New York 
I beg of you. <laughs> Just please. The the up and down that he's been through his career. And he's only 23. Let's get Sam Darnold out of there. We, we talked about these teams that uh, Cam Newton could do, go to. If those, you know, a couple of those teams don't get Cam Newton, you know, three of those teams aren't going to get him. Sam Darnold on the market. Let's make a deal. I mean, if I'm the Washington football team and I don't get Cam Newton, I'm going to go after uh, Sam Darnold. That's who I'm going to go after because Sam Darnold still has a lot of talent in the tank. He's very athletic. He can move. He can make those uh, downfield throws. I think it'd be a big mistake to not have somebody not go out and get Sam Darnold. The Jets are wasting his career, let's be honest. The Jets have their own issues. They will probably end up taking a quarterback in the draft anyway. And, you know, if you take a quarterback like Fields, have him come onto the team, and you're like, well, we're going to have Darnold and Justin compete. You know, Sam and Justin. Like, no, that's not going to – that never works out well. (laughs) The one guy's there – you know, who's been there like, what are you doing taking this uh, kid? And then the new kid comes in and he's, you know, all fired up. And he's like, why did you take me if you still got Darnold and you wanted me to compete? I'm a first round pick. So the Jets are going to do what the Jets do all the time. And that's muddy things up and make it complicated. When in all actuality, they should just make a decision that this is like showing conviction in your decisions is very important. And the Jets haven't done that. They've been dysfunctional. That's where the Browns uh, struggled for a long time. And you notice when the Browns got good is when they were decisive. When they made those tough decisions and they stuck to it. Inconsistency up and down will throw players off forever. You have to be consistent. The Steelers, consistency. Three head coaches. Let that sink in. Patriots, consistency. Six Super Bowls. You see the the prize there at the end if you're just consistent. It's Super Bowls. So the Jets, though, will do what they do always. They'll take Justin Fields. They won't trade Darnold. They'll be, well, we're going to see if these boys can compete together. Now, just trade one. Get what you can for Darnold. Move on. Some team will get a great quarterback in Darnold, I believe, and be set for the long haul. So I'd like to talk about the draft coming up and the pressure that is put on these young quarterbacks. Because anymore in today's age, you you bring a guy in and he's expected to be like Mahomes right off the bat. It's it's unthinkable that this is happening. <laughs> Remember the days when quarterbacks used to sit for like their first year and then get into the league and make their name known? Yeah, that's not that's not happening anymore. And you know, you can see special pretty early on. Some people are putting Zach Wilson over Trevor Lawrence. Uh stop. Trevor Lawrence will be amazing in the NFL. I just think he will. Now, it depends on where he goes, but it's looking, it's pretty much assumed he is going to the Jacksonville Jaguars with Urban Meyer. And if that happens, look out. Sky's the limit. Jacksonville, I don't think they'll make the playoffs his first year, but I think that the next year they will. They'll get their defense figured out, and they will make the playoff. Urban Meyer is going to build that team extremely well. 
And but the pressure that is on <laughs> these young players. Uh, if I was taking Trevor Lawrence, I would bring in a Ryan Fitzpatrick. Let Trevor Lawrence sit, and don't stick with Fitzpatrick. When you make the decision to put Trevor Lawrence in, you put him in for good. So play out the season with Ryan Fitzpatrick, then insert uh, Trevor Lawrence into that offense and stick with him. This is the mistake the Miami Dolphins did. They had Ryan Fitzpatrick, all right, two a time. No, back to Fitzpatrick. Eh, maybe two a time. No, back, back to Fitzpatrick. That screws with your team. It does. It screws with your team. And the mentality of those players, of those young players. So what I think teams should do is bring in a veteran, follow what the Chiefs did, sit him, have him learn, have him, you know, understand the game, practice more. (laughs) So, I mean, Joe Burrow, you know, he came in and lit the league up. And that can happen, but I think it benefits the young player to sit. And some people have put Zach Wilson ahead of Trevor Lawrence and said he's NFL ready. I don't believe that. Trevor Lawrence is still my number one. Zach Wilson, my number two. Justin Fields, my number three. And those are my top three. Trey Lance will be number four. Um, But those are my, my top three. And... That's who. That's the order I see them going in the draft. So, a lot of big decisions coming up for teams. Uh, Want to talk a little bit about the Cowboys in this episode, and Dak apparently wants Patrick Mahomes' money. And if I'm Jerry Jones, I don't pay it. I don't. I'm a Washington uh, football team fan, guys. <laughs> I am. And what I've learned from being a Washington football team fan is that a couple things one of them is Kirk Cousins is subpar he is and he'll get you to the big game and he won't win the big game same with Dak Prescott he will get you to the big game he'll get you to that crucial moment third and 10 and you gotta get that first down and you gotta get into that end zone and there's a minute left on the clock (laughs) and he will, you know, throw it out of bounds and say, hey, we're going to go on fourth down and we're going to make a play. And he'll throw it and they'll be five yards short. He'll throw a five-yard pass and expect his receiver to run and pick it up. And they won't. And that is Kirk Cousins. And that is why Kirk Cousins and Dak Prescott, they are one and the same. And I can see why Jerry Jones isn't wanting to pay him. Like, slow down, Dak. Slow down. You know, maybe get to the playoffs, make a run in the playoffs before you start making requests and saying you want Patrick Mahomes kind of money. (laughs) Patrick Mahomes has gone to two Super Bowls back-to-back. So, (laughs) it's really laughable, actually. I think Dak's a decent quarterback, but he is not worth Patrick Mahomes type of money. And I can see why Jerry Jones may franchise him again. Throw that tag on him. Make him prove himself again. So... You know, the quarterback position for the 2021 season for different teams, it's going to be a roller coaster. I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm pumped. (laughs) But this has been another great episode. We've broken down a lot of different stories, and uh, we're still trying to figure out uh, music. I'm going to try and get some music for the podcast. I think that'll take it to the next level. 
So I appreciate everybody listening. This has been Pass It to Patrick. Uh, Again, thank you. I'm your host, Patrick Casty. Have a good day.